In this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark and Sam Robertson, we are asking the question, are you cursed? How would you measure it? And how would you get free? Join us for What the Prophets Say. Hello and welcome to Glasgow, to Scotland, to the Irish and the Scottish prophets and another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and my sidekick as ever... Sam Robertson. How are you today, Sam? Yes, I'm good. I'm just admiring your baseball... um Astros oh, cup the Houston, and mug. The Houston, Houston Astros. Astros. <laughs> I, th- I know we went to see them in America. We, but... went, we did. Somebody treated us to baseball tickets and I was surprised by two things. Yes. How much food everybody ate. Yeah. It was more like a food festival. Yeah, it was food festival with a background of baseball. I would say that was true. And we started Googling how much baseball players are paid. Eye-watering. I couldn't believe it. And can we just say for the back of, on the back of that, if you're paid that much, surely hit the ball a few more times. <laughs> Literally, there was a, there was a lot of like Messies. missing the there ball. Was. There was so, but we enjoyed it very much. Yeah. We got merch. It's a social sport, though, isn't it, it? It's lovely. It's not like football in Scotland where your eyes don't move from the football pitch for the entirety of the game. Yes, and you, I never felt unsafe. No. Like if you sang the wrong chant, you'd be what? knifed. But like. Supporters and fans, you know, from each team set together. It's, like you just, it's just, <laughs> you could, it's a Glaswegian where like football is quite soccer. Yeah, soccer. soccer yeah, I mean, it's quite, it's yeah. quite intense. You just can't compute that. No, it's true. I mean, we do have police that can keep the fans separate well, from absolutely. particularly Glasgow Rangers and Glasgow Celtic in the soccer. But yeah, so we enjoy that. No, it's just because in true fashion, it's a massive. That is huge. Mug, drink, cup. So I filled it with a whole another liter. This time, sparkling water with electrolytes. Wow, for health reasons. Absolutely. So uh, yes, but we got um, a lot of Houston. What are they called? Houston. Astros. Are they now our team? They're our team. Well, because it's the I only, one, it's we've the only one we've ever been to. So if we're picking a poor team or someone that we shouldn't <laughs> we, tell we, us, we, if, yes. let us know <laughs> if we didn't pick the right team. But we came back with loads of cups and flasks hats. and hats. Plastic hats. And big rings. Yes. They gave us all three actually, massive gold diamond rings. <laughs> Do you know what? Bizarrely, I actually put it on this morning. I think it's the champion's ring. Yeah, it must it be. It does look ridiculous. It's huge. You take an eye out with it. We should all wear it for our next we'll podcast. It. We'll wear it next In time. honor of the Houston, Houston Astros. Astros. Unless one of you texts us and say this is a dodgy team, don't yeah. do it. Let us know. But what are we to know? Yes, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> okay. We're a, yeah, so, we're... Sam, today the question is, are you personally cursed? Me, you know, Sam, or just <laughs> for all our listeners? <laughs> personally, Sam, confess. Do you think you're cursed? Am I cursed? Are you living under a curse? Are people attempting to curse you? Have you been cursed in your history? I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that's... that's... Go, it swirls around all the time. Yes. I think cursing. I think whenever I've dealt with the witchcraft community and got witches out of covens and rescued many members of covens over many years and conversations to break the hold of witchcraft over people, um, we've been very definitely um, the object, the desire intended yeah. victim of a curse. But let's talk about it. How do we get it? How do we stop it? How do we measure whether we're under a curse? And let's chat the world of the curses. Yeah, and get you free. And get you free. 
Now, let's start with Proverbs. You want to read us the Proverbs? We quote the scripture quite a lot, back and forward. Absolutely. Proverbs 26. And it. this is to set the scene of the don't panic type yeah, because yeah, some of you will be going, I am so cursed right now. Let's let's just land this in scripture. So Proverbs 26, verse 2. Sorry, how do you pronounce that? Proverbs. Proverbs. It's an O. Proverbs. Yeah, but it's an O. It's not an O. It's an O. What? <laughs> like the letter O. It's Pro- O. It's not an O. Proverbs. But would that not be spelled P-R-A-W? What? V-E-R-B-S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Proverbs, just read the scripture. Okay, Proverbs 26 2. <laughs> like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. So glorious. Yeah. Let, let's have that again. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. In other words, if you are not deserving of a curse, it can't land. So quite honestly, it doesn't matter whether you've got Christian witchcraft by Christians who are speaking against you and criticising and critiquing you, or whether you've got, you know, bog standard uh, Wiccan witchcraft, satanic witchcraft, wherever it comes from, Christian or non-Christian, if you don't deserve it, it has no power, no access. There might be a little bit of harassing that you yeah. need to deal with. There might be a little bit of just good practice that you need to deal with in terms of anointing the boundaries of your house with oil and just saying whatever happens or um, in this bed, in this house, in yeah. this family, I bless it. Uh, we, we do that um, Often, when we move yeah. house or in intense warfare seasons, when but but not as a kind of like uh, it's not a fear. No, so it's not a fear provoked thing where you're kind of like a bit manic with it. But we do have these boundary setting blessing times Absolutely. where we anoint and we protect and we raise up a sense of whatever God wants happens in this place. Yeah. We ask for the atmosphere of the kingdom of God, of righteousness, peace and joy to come into the house. So we understand that we bless our house and we live righteously, as righteously yeah. as we can, with heart intent to not sin. Absolutely. Um, but that, on the whole, makes us not deserving of curses. Totally. That's the lifestyle. You know, you have to look at your lifestyle and, and say, is this a, a lifestyle that, you know, is deserving or undeserving of curses? And if you are worried about your house, I think, or your atmosphere, sometimes, you know, curses don't land, but they can hang around you for a little while, kind of yes. almost like in the atmosphere or around the boundary of your property um, as you said like a harassing or an oppression or you feel like something's just not quite right you don't panic you just start to pray if you've never prayed or anointed your house with oil you just get some uh, anointing oil bless it yeah you know mark the boundaries and you can pray something really simple like i decree that only the things of the kingdom of god are allowed here i would want to go through a list of seven things to assess do you think there actually is a curse? And then we'll talk about the open doors yeah. where you actually might be legitimately deserving of a curse yeah. because that then needs an understanding of why am I deserving of a curse? How have I opened that door? Yeah. How would I then close the door? But the seven things I would be looking at, and we'll go through them now, is sudden mental or emotional breakdown yeah. that you did not see it coming. Yeah. Or repetitive breakdown where you think I've 
that is, I've dealt with it. It sunk like the Titanic. And all of a sudden, here I am suddenly in mental or emotional breakdown that yeah. caught me off guard. I, that is number one of something that has gained access and has derailed you. Absolutely. I mean, we see it actually with Jezebel and Elijah. She speaks a curse to Elijah through her messenger. You're going to die. You're going to die by the end of the day. And Elijah, who literally just had the biggest, you know, victory that we see really with a prophet in the Old Testament, you know, Mount Carmel, the 400 prophets of Jezebel, the 400 prophets of Baal consumed by fire, the offering, an annihilated great victory. And you would think he would be on a mountaintop of faith of a sense of God you proved yourself yeah. but the curse then forced and caused Elijah to have a breakdown to run and hide not even from Jezebel but just from a random messenger yes. um, and so you see it there you know disproportionate reactions to very small things if you feel like you are mm -hmm. panicked or you your mind spirals um, you know off of something really small that it normally wouldn't. That's yeah. and that can be an indicator of a curse. So that's number one. Number two, repeated or chronic sickness with no obvious cause. Yep. Or sickness in the family line. Yeah. So especially barrenness and infertility, I would be looking at. Absolutely. But repeated or chronic sickness with no obvious cause. You just get some sickly people. You do. And, you know, when we're looking at sickness, we obviously are looking at, you know, are we, do we just live in a fallen world and it's part and parcel of that and we're, we're warfaring infirmity the whole time. But you have to start to be a little bit more spiritually intuitive and instinctively yeah. alert that says, is this actually because yeah. my physical frame is under a curse? Absolutely. And I think the no apparent cause or um, it comes out of nowhere yes. or escalates very quickly and progresses very quickly. There are signs to look for. Breakdown of relationships and families. Yeah. I do think that God is so wired to protect and to endorse and celebrate covenant. Yeah, yes. He loves covenant. He does. That I think he's present when covenants are made that delight his heart, particularly the co covenants between husband and wife and between long-term friendships yep. where he says, you bonded together and I'll bless that. And actually the anointings are in the clusters. Yeah. And... Because the anointing scripture, if we can just source that reference while we're on it, Sam, he's, he's got his fastest finger because we should know that reference off by heart, give us grace. Um, I hope some of you, when, when I say to Sam, what's the reference, are like shouting it because you're 10 yeah. paces ahead of me because we love biblically literate um, audience. We know you are that. So because the anointing is in the cluster, I think what the enemy tries to do is to utilize curses to break you out of the cluster, yeah. to break you out of the covenant, of covenant, the breakdown of relationships and families very suddenly. And actually, the crazy thing for me, we've seen it and it's very painful to watch is that people think that outside of the cluster yeah. they'll be more anointed on their own and they are very rudely yeah. awakened to the fact that they actually diminish outside the cluster Absolutely. because that scripture the anointing is in the cluster yeah so it's isaiah 65 8 um talk more says the new wine in most translations one or two says anointing as the new wine is found in the cluster or the new wine does the new wine is found in the cluster is what it says in the first 
portion of that verse. Yeah, anointing or new wine. Yeah. But that the concept of our togetherness. Absolutely. Uh, so whenever you see this breakdown of families, breakdown of relationships, the desire for covenant to be broken, yeah. um, or the desire for a party to rise up and say, I'm better off without alone. you yeah. alone, surely we should be saying, uh, you know, alert, alert, alert. Yeah. Is that a curse? Four strange illnesses, yeah. very peculiar forms of sickness yeah. that you go, that is outside the normal binds. Absolutely. Uh, the common binds. I, uh, somebody actually yesterday said to me um, uh, that a, a friend of theirs had developed a very peculiar form of pancreatitis and was dead within two weeks. Oh, my goodness. And I did think as they were telling me... Um, Oh, uh, they weren't a Christian. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you came under an immediate curse mm. and didn't have the spiritual nice to yeah. know how to deal with it. Yep. Five, poverty when you have been responsible. Yeah. When you are consistently giving, you are good stewards of your money, you know your comings and goings financially, but there is still a poverty. It is always the a technique of the enemy to try to undermine your ability to be a resource. Yeah. And David and I actually were sitting late last night talking about the battle to become a resourcing people or a resourcing hub yeah. or a resourcing centre. I do think that is the great battle of where you find the covenant and you find the commitment to the new wine and the anointing in the cluster I do think that's the battle of the pioneers right now yeah. to deal with the ability to become resourcing centres. Yeah. But poverty, personally, where you've been res uh, responsible. Six, being accident prone. Yeah. That is, there's a funny tendency these days, Sam, to say, oh, I'm just um, ADHD or I'm just dyspraxic or I'm just, yeah. and to not, and you might be, and there may be a, a, a legitimate diagnosis, but be alert enough to go, have I been cursed? Have I been cursed? Absolutely. Because curses, when they're in your atmosphere, throw you off. They are uh, discoordinating. They, yes. Uh, they, you know, they, they throw you off your sense of self sometimes just because of the oppression that is around you on you or in you um, and I've you know had quite a few people I remember one and um, one of the first healing cases I ever remember um get it praying for I think I must, must have been about 15 or 16 and they had come with like one of those healing uh, moments where they'd come with like a list I fell and broke my arm and oh it didn't my. heal properly yeah. Yeah. you know this happened and I burnt myself and now my I've lost you know numbness here yeah. and I was aware in the spirit before I knew what curses really were what yeah. they, they, I didn't really know they existed but I could see you know I had a vision of them being so oppressed and we broke the, the, the oppression you know whoever I was praying with and before even praying for healing they the feeling came back to several places in their body that had been mm. numb for years mm. because of an accident proneness and they completely stopped having all these accidents that just marked their day and they thought it's just who I it's am it's just who I it's am it's just who yeah. I am it's funny my um my Irish granny my mum's mum uh, uh Nana uh, Belfast Nana we called her and she lived in Northern Ireland she, godly, godly woman, and um, prayed for my family every single day of her life. And just that r r relentlessness of spiritual cover and grace. I, I have two um, 
very godly lines, yeah, both for my dad and my mum. Very blessed to be the recipient of both those family lines. And my granny, she would say, um, her name was Jean, and she would say, oh, I'm Calamity Jean, Calamity yeah. Jane. And and she would literally fall and break things. And we would say to her, you know, Nana, stop it. Don't say that. Stop her, yeah. And But she thought it was kind of a bit quirky and a bit funny and yeah, a bit like, almost, oh, isn't, yeah. this, isn't this hilarious? And it always surprised me that this level of godliness, and she would literally, in a very traditional way, sit at her kitchen table every morning yep. and she would write out the prayers that she was praying for David and I and the family yeah. and the ministry and the children and our well-being that she was praying for all her grandchildren and she would be that diligent before yeah. God and do her daily readings in a very traditional way because she was of that older yeah. generation but at the same time she was actually cursing herself Herself. by saying I'm Calamity Jane isn't this funny I'm maxed and prone and she did she she had bizarre things like spider bite injuries in Northern Ireland where there's no deadly animal for like in that there's no snakes in Ireland St. Patrick's drove them there's literally not a snake and they don't exist deadly spiders don't exist uh-huh. and she would have like I had a spider bite and had to go to the hospital we're like what poisonous. oh I'm I'm Calamity Jane Gee. me uh-huh. she would say She'd fall over in the garden in the gooseberry bush. Seriously, prize-winning size gooseberries. And it was that kind of like, break the pane of glass in the greenhouse, picking her, her tomatoes. It was that. And we were like, well, stop it. But stop cursing it, yourself. It, but yeah. till she died, yeah. she was nearly 100, so, I mean. Yeah. She cursed herself to be into be accident prone. That wasn't even a witchcraft community. No. That was her own, that was her own isn't thing. this hilarious? Yeah. Yes. So being accent prone. Seven and finally, family history of suicide or early death. If you are looking at a family who do not live the fullness of their days and who die young, then so let's just it's quite it's it's, it's an ugly list, isn't it? It's the list that makes you go, oh, it's a it's a robbing of the fullness. It's a robbing of the potential. Um, and most of us should have an alert. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Look at this sickness. Look at this poverty. Look at this relationship. Look at my falling over. Look at my family line. Look at how my mental state is. Is this yeah. something that is standing against uh, my family, either coming down the family line or is this an open yeah. door that I accidentally have? Because, of course, Proverbs says I'm not deserving of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, if it's an undeserved curse. Okay, so let's talk about how we might have opened the doors before we talk about how you deal with it. Do you want to kick us off? Absolutely. So I think when it comes to open doors, there are the kind of levels of sin, I guess, that you have or the different categories, maybe not levels, that's an unhelpful word, um, where you have, you know, the unintentional sin um, the accidental, the unaware, um, where where there is a sense of just the, the I, I wasn't on guard, I wasn't aware, yeah. but in, on reflection that was not right, and, and you get yourself right before God. There is intentional sin, um, which often the Bible would call transgression. You do something, it's sin, and you're well aware that it's sin. Or generational inequity, family lines, generational yeah. curses, generational sin. But ultimately, demons don't care or have a preference for, for any of the sin. They go for whatever an open yeah. door is, whatever the attachment yeah. is. And I do think, look, when it comes to opening a door, we've got to be aware and we've got to be better at having conversations, mm-hmm. even around the fact that sometimes 
you can have not slept enough, not, you know, eaten enough. Truth. Your guard can be down. You make a poor decision or someone offends you and you let it quickly turn to unforgiveness and bitterness. And before you know it, really small things. Yes can become then a little opening do- open door and demons will try and come in with a curse to try and undermine you. And so we've got to be aware that it, it's not just always the big, you know, or the intentional sin that was, you know, mm-hmm. re- really brutal and, and grimy, but actually in the daily ebb and flow of life, there are moments where we all are not on guard and we make poor internal deso- uh, decisions, yeah. choices in response to maybe things that are going around us. And in that, we can, we can open a door to a curse. For me, the top one is unforgiveness. Yeah, always. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, let me tell you, my friend, you are deserving of a curse. Yep. It is the number one. And it is descending steps into yep. hatred and bitterness and whatever the enemy is doing within the witchcraft community, you are then fair absolutely game. fair game. You are. It's like a, a light in the spirit realm that attracts curses when you have unforgiveness. Uh, you, you, it is, you a cannot magnet. live well with unforgiveness. Yeah, you you can. just can't. You can't. And the other thing I think that I would put as a close second, though this is difficult, is grumbling. Mm-hmm. Now, Exodus 17, we, you, the, the, the awfulness of the children of Israel grumbling against Moses... But the fascination for me in that is when you jump into that story being retold and mentioned in the New Testament and you're in First Corinthians in 10, 10. 10, 10, and you see that it is the grumbling that yeah. invokes a curse where they are disinherited from the promised land. In other words, they're disinherited from their future. Yeah. They are disinherited from their nation by grumbling. grumbling. And I think when we have those two things side by side and we would all go, oh, I mean, I, of course I understand unforgiveness because I understand that that's a cancer and a bitterness in yeah. my bones and in my heart. But to grumble against is wild in the sense that we would go, okay, well, it's okay to have a, I'm just, a I, I'm, I'm just having a wee moan. I'm just venting a little bit. Yeah. But here is this place where I actually think most Christian leaders are grumbled against oh, continually. or there's unforgiveness in their hearts. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. how we live. The way I read that is I'm blessed. Yeah. David and I in the family are blessed. Why are we blessed? <laughs> because there's so much grumbling, yeah. you know, and b- because there's a willfulness, you know, in people to want the unrealistic yep. and to not pour love into their relationships, Absolutely. to not go the extra mile. So uh, unforgiveness and grumbling. And grumbling in First Corinthians 10.10 10 opens the door to destroy your angels. Yeah. So unforgiveness and grumbling are, I think, probably the top I two. Think they are. I think probably the third is sexual immorality. Yeah. It, 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 sexual in, immorality, we're back in Numbers 25. We looked at it in an earlier podcast yeah. where the whole nation comes under a curse from God because yeah. their Israelites are sleeping with the Moabites. The sex, it will also make a people lose their nation. Yeah, it will. 
and the the need to now are we going to stumble? Of course. Yeah. Are there going to be moments where we're offended? Yes, yes, yes. I mean that is just our human condition, but I think it is the nature of, that God measures of our short accounts and our desire to not Come want on. to be like that, rather than the desire to own grumbling and firing arrows of unforgiveness. Yeah. So you will always be. Um, deserving of curses. Yeah. I actually would go as far as to say, if you are committing adultery, and the Bible is very strict about how that is, don't look lustfully at another person, you're likely to lose your homeland yeah. because the committing of adultery in Numbers 25, they're about to lose their homeland. Absolutely. So you've got to be very honest, yeah. very honest. And I do think greatness, and certainly great leaders, leaders who are worth following, uh, great men and women, for that matter, have understood how to deal with these things in their insides. Yeah. That they are quick with issues of offence, personally grumbling and dealing with temptations. They have personally yeah. found a way it's to easy, yeah. wire their responses so that they can hold the weight of a people Absolutely. or the weight um, of the glory of God, which ultimately in the house of God is what people want from their, you know, they want to be led into the presence of God mo mostly. mostly. So you, great, great leadership and greatness in the kingdom of God in the absence of curses comes, I think, in the ability to have an inner dialogue with the Spirit of God, where you are processing yeah. offence, unforgiveness, bitterness, grumbling, and the temptations. It's a lifestyle yeah. of personal management. And of a speed of not letting things fester. Yes. Um, and I, you know, we have all been there either helping someone get free or getting ourselves free, where you think, you have a moment of realisation, you know, where there was a grumble or there was a bitterness or there was an unforgiveness over a very small thing. Oh, and you think, if yeah. I was if I was quick in the moment to forgive over this really yeah. little petty incident, yes. actually the months, the years afterwards where there was an oppression would have been completely avoided and bypassed. I do think as well when it comes to grumbling, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 10, I'll, I'll read it for you. And do not grumble as some of them did and then they were killed by the mm -hmm. destroying angel. I mean, a brutal... Yeah verse the thing is with grumbling is it's this constant that goes on of it's not just a i needed a verbal process yeah. and then i got myself right because actually if you're continually verbally processing the same thing you're grumbling yes. if you're continually saying i need to vent about the same thing you're grumbling because actually if you are bringing something before God and you're saying, I just need to talk to you about this, God, I, or, or or someone you know close to you, I need to get it off my chest yeah. and get myself right. It should be a done deal. I would say this. I don't think there is a single church in the last at least five years, if not more, of traveling, and I don't know if you'd agree with me, Emma, that this has not been present, grumbling. That they are that at some level of having to deal with it, having yeah. to lift it off, or having to even just helpfully say, guys, bless your leaders, or bless the church, or do not grumble. And we have to be better 
at holding yeah. one another to account on it because it's such an open door to curses. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're slightly pushing a conversation in a in a in a different direction. Yeah, uh, whole congr whole congregations invoking curse. curses curses on themselves because of this uh, concept of grumbling. I literally came out of the car this morning before I came in here to film uh, and record with another church leader in a different nation, as is the story no of my life, and just being grumbled against yeah you know you're not this you're not that you're not the other and it's, to be fair none of it's actually particularly true yeah. it's not even particularly important stuff yeah. and the sense yeah it, it, and, and my coaching this so i tell you what i coached this morning this is but you know it i said to this leader if you feel guilty for things that were not your fault and not your responsibility, you will invoke a curse on yourself because you will wallow in a sense yeah. of shame that's not yours. Yeah. And you will wallow in a sense of guilt that's not yours. Yeah. And wow. it will destroy your ability to take decisions yeah. in the future. And of course, if, if you do things wrong, you have to put your hand up and say that. Yeah. But actually, sometimes as leaders, um, you're doing the best job you can. And the grumbling is an unfair expectation from the people. Mm. Oh, they want to be mollycoddled. They want open doors. An awful lot of it is people want open doors when they're not ready. Yes. They want platform. Most of it is they want platform and yeah. visibility before their time. That's an awful lot yeah, of it. Mostly, yeah. And it was the same with this particular conversation. People round about them. I want you yeah. know to yeah. you know I want to kick out kick out national principalities. I want oh, to take okay. down national demons. But you never kicked a single demon. You never loved somebody well enough to take a demon out of an individual. What the yeah. heck are you thinking <laughs> about taking out a, a national demon? Yeah. You know, and, and when a leader says, go through the process, my friend, because actually I want you to be able to take out a national yeah. principality. Yeah. You know, but you've got to start somewhere. You've got to be able to look a demon in the eye in an individual. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 you don't trust me. I'm, you know, you're a poor leader. You didn't open up a platform. Well, you know, well, then you can, and I'm saying to leaders, don't feel guilty for things that are not your... Yeah. Or you will come into the it's place where you're yeah. deserving of a curse yeah. because you will not be believing the report of, of the Lord. Lord. And yeah. that's really important. Anyway, so I think we have to be honest about our open doors. Now, we also need to look at family line transgressions because yep. family line transgressions do open doors. Generational iniquity that brings in curses. So, Sam, let's give two or three top tips in how we deal with it. First of all, Repentance. Absolutely. Always start. I am sorry for. It's yeah. not my intention. Yeah. Or I'm sorry. Forgive sor me, God. Forgive yeah. me, God. I'm sorry for the sin of my family, yeah. where we have sinned against you. And you, I mean, you cannot get away from the the sense of generational iniquity. In yeah. the in the sense here, uh, back to Numbers twenty five taking the whole nation out of its destiny. Yeah. Or 2 Samuel 21, Saul wrongly kills the Gibeonites yeah. and brings an entire famine on the land. And the entire generational line is then under a curse. The land is under a curse. This sense of this knock-on effect of people's uh, sin that has invoked a curse and, and it travels down lines. You've got to repent for even things you may not be aware of in your family line. And then yeah. let's not make this complicated. Step two is yeah. I break the curse. So repent, number one. Number two, break. 
I break the poverty curse. Yeah. I break the accident-prone curse. There will not be any early death in this family. There will not be sudden emotional breakdown. There will not be chronic sickness. There will not be an, an assassination of covenants that are Come dear on. to me. There will not be strange illness. And I break the curses because now I'm not deserving of them because I have I've gone repented. through the due diligence of repentance. Absolutely. It's that straightforward. So number one, repent. Number two, you break. And then number three, you eject whatever has landed on you as well. I command every curse, every mm -hmm. spirit in my atmosphere or around to just go right now and take all the effects with it. And then you get the joy of releasing Holy Spirit restoration. Mm -hmm. I receive restoration. Everything that was lost, everything that was lacked or suppressed or shut down, I receive Holy mm -hmm. Spirit restoration. Go for healing if you know it's come to your body or to yeah. your mind. Make sure you go after that because you've cleared the way and maybe you'll have had you know prayer for healing a million times but the curse wasn't broken and this is your moment in yeah. following these steps to receive yeah. your healing. Yeah. Very good. I would just want to say this. There are spiritual laws in Scripture. Mm -hmm. There are spiritual rules in Scripture. There are cause and effect yeah. and consequences. And we in this current day are quite cavalier about the reality and the impact of spiritual laws. Mm. We don't even like the concept of, of a law or a boundary or a rule. Or a rule. Yeah. We prefer to say my freedom to yeah. do whatever I want. It, yeah. it trumps everything. And yet there are spiritual laws in the universe. And I think when it comes to being deserving or a recipient of curses, we have become too cavalier about, um, oh, you know, God's grace will cover that. God's yeah, grace yeah. will cover that. And actually that flies in the face of his fiery holiness. It does. You want him to be a holy God. Mm. You need him to be a holy God of ultimate purity, of ultimate righteous fire. You Because you want his goodness to come from the place of purity. You don't want a God of tainted goodness. Yeah. You want the kind of goodness that can only come from a righteous, holy, fiery, pure come God. On. Because then his goodness and his kindness is always for my benefit because of it comes from a throne that is righteous and just. So in all of that, we must have an expectation of the cause and the effect and the consequence yeah. it, and move away from greasy grace, cheap grace. They say, well, God, well, oh, yeah. well, oh, well, God, we'll God just cover. Start, yeah. And sometimes the most successful or fruitful we will become in the future is by going down into the depths of realizing we have become deserving of something by unrighteous actions. And I process that and I understand the holiness of God in Come the on. journey. And I understand the shorter kinds. Yeah. And I desire above all to be purified before yeah. Him and to break, you know, my habits of whatever it happens to be grumbling or unforgiveness, sexual immorality, whatever is your particular poison. And in all of that, Sometimes by walking out the justice and the judgment of God, I come back up to be the most fruitful 
um, and the most useful to God and the most rewarded by God because I've, I have understood the importance of spiritual consequence and his spiritual laws. Come on. So when we're dealing with curses, it's not just how can I get free, though that really matters. Mm-hmm. It's how can I understand the process that got me here yeah. and how can I be more trusted by God when I understand the sort of attitude of short accounts and the value of his fire and the value of his consequence and where that ultimately Mm. grows me up into. Mm. It's a lifestyle. And my prayer for you and my um, urge for you, my desire for you as you hear this is that you don't make this kind of a one-off, oh, Mm. you know, I've dealt with all my curses back then and I'm sorted. But you live this lifestyle of being vulnerable before God. And I think as well, vulnerable before one or two safe people. And if you don't know if you're cursed or not, find someone who knows, who knows you well and just say, hey, I think I have an open door. Call me out. Tell me what you see. Let me know. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to so get back into that rhythm of, you know, confess your sins to one another and be ye healed. You know, as James says, this sense of even, it's not just about me, myself with God, although that's really important. I think in getting curse free, there also has to be a sense of I'm living vulnerably with those that I live closely with, that that, that I've covenanted with, and um, the soul friends or your 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 you know who you're married to, your husband or your wife. And there's that sense of have a look at yeah. me. Has something landed because of a poor choice yeah. or a poor action or actually? am I a bit better right now? Can you call me out on that? And that lifestyle of constantly desiring righteousness and constantly desiring to reflect the holiness of God is one that pleases God and that he um, is magnetized to and he wants to bless that sort of rhythm. So as you go from this, don't go in the panic around a curse because then you get yourself into a whole other place of fear and, and, and everything else around curses. But it is a, 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 a humble place, a place of humility, where before God and before others, you're saying, has something gone wrong? Let's make it right. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. Intense warfare instruction in this episode yeah. because we want you to be curse-free and honest about your life's trajectory. So... We bless you into short accounts and we bless you into the wisdom of identifying what is a curse and the integrity to deal with it and the strength just to say, I break it in Jesus' name. So we love you. We celebrate you into your freedom. We champion you from this home in Glasgow and we will see you for another episode very soon of What the Prophets Say. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. If you would like to go deeper with us, you would be very welcome to join our network, the Global Prophetic Alliance. You can find that at propheticscots.com, where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the Spirit of God and encounter. If you feel a call and a pull to deliverance ministry, you can download my latest e-course, which is a comprehensive overview of getting people free from demonic oppression, you'll find that at demonbusting.com. Join us on these different platforms for more interaction with Emma Stark, Sam Robertson and the GPA team.